Would you turn with me to Romans, the 8th chapter this morning, Romans chapter 8, and then 2 Corinthians 13. Romans 8, 2 Corinthians. We're so glad you're here today. Christians ought to go to church, what do you think? Amen. You just get things corporately and together that you don't, you can't get any other way. That's why the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And uh, as a church family here at Faith Life Church, the last several weeks, we've been talking about the Spirit-led life. Spirit-led life. We've been into this for some weeks now, so if you get interested in it as we go, tapes are available if you want to catch up with us. But we've been talking about the reality of the Holy Spirit in the Christian and how that we can be led, guided by the Holy Spirit every day, even in the small things of life. How many can testify that you've learned at least a little bit about that and and it has changed your life and you wouldn't go back to the other way for any amount of money? No, no. We'll read in Romans 8, please. Romans chapter 8 and in verse 14. Let me pray over you again before we read this. Father, we thank you for your holy word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit whom you've sent to indwell us, to be our guide, to be our teacher and our helper. Give everybody eyes that see this morning and ears that hear and a heart to receive. And let there come an increased awareness and revelation of the person and ways and workings of your Holy Spirit. That we may know him, know you more intimately, better, and follow you better and more fully. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said out loud, I'll get something. I'll get something good. I'll see some things. I'll understand some things. I'll receive some good things that'll help me today. Amen. Amen. You know, you're not just limited to what I say or know. The Holy Spirit's here. Amen. So get something good from Him. Romans 8, 14, 8, 14. He said, for as many as are led, led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We as a church uh, read the Bible together. Is that right? Everybody. Am I right? Everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter in the New Testament every day, Monday through Friday. I mean, no exceptions. Everybody in the church does and are happy to do it. And we just read uh, Acts not long ago. And in the book of Acts, we noticed how real the Holy Spirit was to them in the beginning days of the church. I mean, every, every page almost. Holy Spirit this. Holy Spirit that. Holy Spirit said this. Holy Spirit said go. Holy Spirit said no. Holy Spirit sent. Holy Spirit forbade. Seem good to the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. 
How many believe the Holy Spirit was very real to the church in the beginning days of the church? Should he be any less real to us? Or can we be just as led and guided by the Spirit of God as they they were? Certainly we can. And we should be. But many are not. And, And do you understand that the Lord helps, the Holy Spirit helps some Christians a lot more than he helps others? It's just a fact. The Holy Spirit helps some Christians, I mean all day long. He's helping them with things large and small, while other Christians, he helps them very little. And it's not because he's a respecter of persons, it's because some have learned to look to him. And and depend on him, and rely and yield to him, respond to him, while others, they take care of it themselves. They got their plan, and they, they're led by all these other ways. How many understand you can be head led? Huh? Led by your head. Well, that's not being spirit led. You can be feeling led. Led by your feelings. Led by your emotions. Well, that's not being spirit led. You can be led by circumstances. Situa- you can be opinion led. You can be, you know, uh, oh, what's the word? Politically correct led. Right? That's not being spirit-led. You, you can be family-led by your family and relatives, friend-led. And, oh, how many are money-led? Well, being money-led is not being spirit-led. How many have a desire and actually purpose in your heart to not be head-led, feeling-led, money-led, circumstance-led, but to be spirit-led? That's it. This, this church... Is going to be spirit led. Huh? That was a little weak. Faith Life Church. Amen. We're going to be led by the Holy Ghost in the morning, in the afternoon, when the sun goes down. Spirit led. How many understand that there are all kind of tragedies, all kind of problems and difficulties that would have been averted, that would have been prevented? In our past, if we'd have been led by the Spirit, the Holy Ghost would have protected us. If we'd listened, if we'd have followed Him. So many things. Well, we can't do anything about that, but we can learn and we can change things for the future. And we can miss the devil's traps and snares because the Holy Ghost is leading us. In verse 16 of this same chapter, Romans 8 16. Says the Spirit itself, or as most modern translations say, Himself, which is, is a good translation. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit Himself. If you weren't here, we went into some detail talking about that the Holy Spirit is not an it. This same word, Greek word, that's translated itself in the King James here is in other places translated his own self. Same word. It's the Greek word altos. Anybody remember 1 Peter 2.24? What does it say? Who his own self bear our sins on three. That's exactly the same word that's here translated itself. So it's a matter of King James translation. But the Holy Spirit is not an it. 
You understand? Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit with personal pronouns. Go back and read John 14 and John 15 and 16. He, him, his, he will teach you all things. He will guide you. He'll lead you into all truth. He will show you things to come. He, he, he. Holy Spirit is a person, a knowable person. You can get to know him just like you know your mama, your daddy, your your wife, your husband, your, your child, your friend. You can know him. He's a knowable person. You don't have to turn there, but you, uh, we talked about 2 Corinthians 13, last chapter in the last verse. Well, you've got it, don't you? Are you holding that place? Well, you might as well look at it then. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the... Communion of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Same word uh, that's translated ghost is translated spirit. That's an old English translation. I think today the word spirit might be more appropriate. Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, you know, we, we know what we're talking about. But you know, you've got to watch about using words that only work in church. You know what I mean by that? And you know, uh, a lot of this comes back to pride. People have their own vocabulary in in all kind of professions, don't they? Medical profession has its own vocabulary. The law profession. And uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, everything from skiers to balloonists to, you know, I don't care what it is. People that really get into that, they develop their own vocabulary and they'll use words that unless you are one of them, you don't know what they're talking about. And a lot of times people will purposely use this vocabulary around people who are none, whatever they are. And it's a prideful thing. Well, Christians have a vocabulary. Hmm? And you got to remember that a lot of people who are not born again... They don't know what you're talking about. Redeemed. Sanctified. Holy Ghost. Like we were down in Miami with a bunch of ministers going to a restaurant one time. And I mean there's like 70 or 80 of us got off the bus and went in this restaurant. And it was a nice place. One lady caught one of these guys that were going by. They kept seeing people stream in. And and she, she pulled on him. She said, what's... What's all this? What's this going on? He said, well, we're having a, uh, what are we calling it? Holy Ghost meeting. Yeah, he said, well, we're having a Holy Ghost meeting. She said, a what? He said, a Holy Ghost meeting. She said, uh, do you have to wear a costume to that? <laughs> she just don't know what, what, what they're talking about. So, so let me encourage you, be aware of who you're talking to. And don't use a bunch of jargon and phrases and words that only have meaning in your prayer group. Are you with me now? Elsewise, it can be a prideful thing. And sometimes it can just be ignorance. You're so used to talking that way that you, uh, you know, you just use it. But, but look at them. Use words they understand. Amen. So sometimes people, Holy Ghost, they may not know. Holy Spirit, they might know better 
And, and they might not know that too either. So you just have to find out where they're at. Talk to them on their level. Yeah. Now notice here. He said. The communion. That word's also translated fellowship. Of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. Fellowship. Of the Holy Spirit. Now. Did we read verse 16 in Romans yet? That the Spirit of God, I'm talking about today. Good. Yeah, we did. What did it say? Since y'all know it so well. (laughs) Huh? Ah, you're cheating. You're looking back. What? The Spirit Himself bears Witness, and we talked about this last Sunday, we camped on this for a while, on the witness part. Bears witness with what part of our being? Our spirit that we are the children of God. How many of you believe that you're a child of God? Why? You know, in in talking to people about their salvation... Understand this, don't don't complicate it. The the bottom line is, do they believe they're going to heaven or hell? Do they believe they're going to heaven or hell when they die? If they say, well, I don't know whether there is a heaven or hell, then they're lost. Did you hear me? Someone says, why do you say it so blankly like that? It's a fact. Well, I don't know if there is a God or not. They are lost. Did you hear me? If they say, I believe I'm going to heaven, the next question is why? Why do you believe you're going to heaven? Well, I've been a pretty good person. They're lost. Did you hear me? Well, I was born in a Christian home and I've joined the church. You still be lost. Did you hear me? I've been baptized in water. I was sprinkled as an infant. You can still be lost. Did you hear me? Are you with me now? Somebody says, I believe I'm going to heaven. Why do you believe you're going to heaven? There's only one acceptable answer. You could say it numerous different ways, but there's only one acceptable response. I believe I'm saved and will be saved because of what Jesus has done for me. He paid the price. Amen. I am going to heaven. Why? Because he bought and paid for me. And because I've received it. Are you with me? If any kind of works are involved. Then no you can be lost like that. And if you're not clear on that. That's all right. You're in a good place to get it sorted out this morning. Amen. 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 For this is over with. You can know and be clear. You can. If you'll just listen and cooperate. Every person in this building can leave this place today knowing they are saved, amen, knowing if you died today, you'd go to heaven, go to be with Jesus. But it's not based on anything you and I did. It's based on what he has already done. Jesus bought it, paid for it. Amen. But let's continue talking about being spirit-led. Now, tell me one more time, uh, Romans eight sixteen. what does it say? For the Spirit himself... Bears witness with our spirit. Let's just stop right there. Back up. You're there in 2 Corinthians 13 still? Back up to the first verse. 
of this chapter. It's interesting how all this goes together. 2 Corinthians 13.1. He said, this is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three, what? Witnesses. Let every word be established. Now you'll find this phrase in different portions of scripture, Old Testament and New, some, I don't know, at least half a dozen times. This same phrase, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And that's the way it ought to be. Don't try to build a Bible doctrine on half of a verse. Did you hear me? Or just on a piece of somebody's prophecy. If it's something for you to stand on and build your life on and believe with all your heart and live by, if it's really a Bible truth, you'll find it in more than one place in the Bible. Amen? Different aspects, and it will be confirmed. The Bible talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. How do you rightly divide the scriptures? How do you rightly divide a verse with other verses? Right? So everything you believe, examine where's that at in the Bible. Everything. Because a lot of people are building their life on traditions of men. They heard somebody say it. Their church preached it to them and they just swallowed it and never checked it out. I don't care if it's me or any preacher, any church, I don't care who it is. Check everything out by the book. And if you can't find it in here, don't accept it. Don't care who said it. If it's really Bible, if it's really truth, if it's really of God, you'll find it in more than one place. In here and in the mouth of at least two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Well, now, this applies to our being spirit-led. We're not to make our decisions based on one witness. Are you with me? Now let's go back to Romans again. Romans 8.16. I know you've said it two or three times, but it's not hurting you at all to keep quoting it. In Romans, the 8th chapter and the 16th verse, he said, the Spirit himself, himself, bears witness with our spirit. Now we told you last week that that word that's translated witness literally means co-witness, co-witness, co-witness. What does co-witness mean? Can you have a co with just one? No. If there's a co-witness, there's got to be another witness. Right? Co-witness. In fact, did you understand that Jesus, the Holy Ghost, is called another comforter? Right? Well, it's got to be the first one. Well, the first one was Jesus. But he's called co-witness, another witness. Go with me to the book of Acts, please, and the fifth chapter. Let me just take you to a few scriptures and establish this. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, right? Let every word be established. I gave, we gave you the example. I had, you know, Dave, Brother Dave Vaughn stand up here. 
And talked about him having something in his heart. And then me coming up beside him and saying, yeah, I've got the same thing. Well, then there's two of us that have, we said we've got the same witness about this thing. Or just witness is somebody who saw something or heard something or knows something. Let's say it was an accident at the intersection. Somebody was looking out at some show and wasn't paying attention to what they were doing. And ran into the back of somebody else's car. You ever heard of anything like that happening? <laughs> you need to look all directions up here while you're driving. Because we've got a lot of folks sightseeing and that's alright. That's, that's what this is about. But you want to keep your eyes open. Don't do anything too suddenly either. Just give people time. But let's say that Brother Dave and I were happened to be at the intersection... And, and somebody come run into the back of you. And uh, the police are asking, well, what about this? And Dave said, yeah, I saw it. And if I stepped up and said, yeah, I saw it too. Me coming and adding to him is a co-witness. Right? And I'm, I'm just saying that because that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. He bears witness with what? Our spirit has a witness. But there's somebody in you besides you. Is that right? If you've been born again, there's a spirit inside your body besides your spirit. The Holy Spirit. And me and the Holy Spirit are a full house. There's no more room in the inn. I mean, what I mean by that, for any other spirit. That's right. You know, uh, the, uh, you, you hear the language full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost. Being full of the Spirit is not automatic. There is an experience beyond the new birth called being baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can, with the same Spirit you're born of, you can be filled to overflowing. And not only have the Spirit within you, but have the Spirit upon you. Power to be a witness includes speaking with other tongues. It is for everybody. But also, I don't care if 30 years ago you were gloriously not only born again, but also baptized with the Holy Ghost, filled to overflowing with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues all night. That doesn't mean automatically you are full of the Spirit today. Did you hear me? There is one initial reception of the Holy Spirit, one initial infilling, but there are to be many subsequent refillings. In fact, uh, Ephesians talks about, uh, the Greek literally says, be ye being filled. The implication is be being filled with the Spirit. He gives you some instruction how to. Speaking to yourselves. Psalms and hymns. Spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart. Giving thanks to God. Well, being full of the Spirit. That varies from day to day. People use this term Spirit-filled far too loosely. They talk about, well, so-and-so, they're spirit-filled. And you even hear things like this. You know, well, did you hear about so-and-so? I mean, you know, that pastor, spirit-filled. I mean, he ran off with the uh, building fund and the piano player. And he's spirit-filled. 
Not that day he wasn't. (laughs) And not several, many days before that. You don't do stuff like that full of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? Yeah, but I don't understand. They, you know, they're spirit filled. Well, no, maybe they were. But day to day, you will be more or less. And I'm saying this because you remember that Jesus talked about people that became oppressed of the enemy and, and even possessed. And how that he cast out spirits out of them and got them set free. But how he's, he warned that the enemy tried to come back to where he used to be. And he came and found the place clean, swept, garnished, and empty. See, that's the problem. The enemy is able to get in where things are empty. He's looking to fill a vacuum. That's why you and I don't need to be empty. We ought to be full. Amen. Full of God. Full of love. Full of faith. Full of the Word. Full of joy. And then there's no room in the end. For the devil. You understand what I'm talking about? There's no room. Because you're full. Your spirit is full of Him. And so inside you're full. Not empty. People say, well I just feel empty inside. Well get saved. Well I am saved. Well then get full of the Spirit. Amen. And it's entirely up to you. You're not waiting on him to get full. That's another subject another day. But anyway, are you in Acts, the fifth chapter? Acts chapter five. I want to take you to two or three scriptures here. In Acts, the fifth chapter, the story is that, uh, you know, they've been persecuted for preaching Jesus. And they've been threatened about uh, continuing to do that. But if you skip down to the latter part of the chapter, verse 29, when they stood up before the, the officers and the council, Acts 5, 29, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Let me just stop right there. The scripture teaches us in Romans 13 and other places that we are to submit to authority, including civil authority. Because there is no authority except what has been allowed and ordained of God. And so should Christians be law-abiding citizens? Yes, they should be. The Bible tells them to. But what if they pass a law that we can't read our Bible? Well, we're going to break that law. Did you hear me? What if they pass a law that we can't pray? Well, we're going to break that law too. Did you hear me? Because we ought to obey God rather than man. And when man elevates himself above the Bible and above God, and makes laws contrary to God, then those laws are not to be obeyed. Did you hear me? And we've got some folk that are trying to do some of that kind of thing. But anyway, he said in verse 30, The God of our fathers has raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his, his what? 
See, he's being a witness right then, isn't he? Standing up. Saying, we are his witnesses of these things and, and what? And so is also the Holy Ghost. We're his witnesses and also the Holy Ghost is his witness. Everybody say also. Do you see the principle of co-witness? Our spirit has a witness. The Holy Ghost bears witness with our spirit. Co-witness. There's somebody inside you, beside you. Can you know if he agrees with you or not? Can you know if he bears witness with you or not? Yes, you can. This should be real to every child of God in prayer, in faith, in making decisions. What an advantage we should have in making all our decisions in life. From everything to do I buy a Ford or a Chevy or a Dodge? So Mrs. Well, my grandpa was a Chevy man and I'm a Chevy man. My daddy was a Chevy man. All my brothers are Chevy men. Well, you could miss God. That's just like <laughs> that's just like saying, uh, you know, my great granddaddy or my granddaddy was a Democrat. My daddy's a Democrat, and I'm a Democrat, and all my folks are Democrats. So I vote Democrat. I vote straight party. That means you don't even pray. You don't even try to hear from God. Did you hear me? Well, you telling me I can't be a Democrat? I'm telling you to listen to the Lord. Ask Him. Amen. Don't do anything just by rote and routine and just straight across the board. Check everything. Check your heart. Look at it. Ask the Lord which is the best. Amen. Because He knows things you don't know. The house we're living in right now. It's a wonderful house. It's a blessing. But Phyllis looked at, I forget, scores of houses. And looking for the witness. And she went in this house. And it was more money than we thought we wanted to look at. Thank God we didn't have to give that for it. But also, she looked at it. And it wasn't our style. Our house that we'd believed for in Tulsa was more Mediterranean style. Real, uh, you know, marble and everything's white and that kind of deal. Well, this is full of wood. It's real warm, you know, kind of a lodge feel almost. And Phyllis walked in the door and she thought, Mm-mm, no, you know, this is not our style. Besides that, it's too high. So she's just getting ready to walk out. And the Holy Ghost, everybody say Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit spoke to her. She not not hearing a voice, but she said it was very real to her. It said, "You better look again." <laughs> so she caught the real estate person. Said, "You know, let's let's look again." And here we are. We're living in it. And the longer we're there, the better we like it. Yeah. The Lord knows better what you like than you know. Yeah. But you got to learn to follow. You say, "Well, that's not my style." How do you know? You ain't even been around very long. (laughs) 
People talking about, well, I, you know, I'm leaving for a husband. And I hadn't seen a man I like. Well, most of the men on the planet you haven't met. 99% of the men on the planet you have not yet met. You understand what I'm saying? There's all so much out there that you don't know about. But if you'll ask the Lord and wait on Him and follow Him, He will take you right to it. It may not be as quick as you'd like to see it, but He'll get you there. Amen. Amen. And oh, you'll wind up in some great and some good places if you follow Him. But if you're bullheaded and hard-headed, well, no, bless God, I said Chevy and that's it. I ain't even, I ain't, I ain't looking at the forward place. Well, I'm, I, you know, understand what I'm talking about. I don't care what it is. You ought to have some openness in your spirit. You know, a lot of people are that way in denominations, you know. Well, no, you know, if it ain't Pentecostal, then I ain't going. If it ain't Baptist, I ain't getting in it. If it's not Presbyterian, no. If it's Catholic, is the only church. It's only, if it's not Catholic, no. Well, that's how you miss God. I said, that's how you miss God. Other people know God besides you. Other people know God outside of your group. Outside of your denomination. Aren't you glad, Faith Life Church, that we got enough sense to know that other churches know God beside us? Other people are going to heaven beside us? Dear me. Some folk are just, well, I won't say that. (laughs) But we are witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey Him. Everybody say co-witness. Co-witness. Now, uh, turn with me please to 1 Corinthians. This is a really big subject. I'm planning on being here next week though. I tell you what, before you do that, (laughs) go to uh, Romans I should have told you this. Romans 9. You are in Romans 8. Go to Romans 9. These are all close together anyway. Shouldn't be a big deal. You guys are pretty handy in your Bibles anyway, aren't you? I mean, y'all, y'all, we've already read through this once already in the last few months. And you're getting familiar with the Bible. You know where to go. Romans 9 and 1. Romans 9, 1. He said, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience, what? Also. Do you see the word also? Now we keep seeing these kind of words. Also. We just got through reading in Acts 5. We are witnesses and also the Holy Ghost is witness. Well here, my conscience, uh, I lie not my conscience also. Bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. We, we spent some time last week on talking about the conscience. The conscience has been called the voice of the Spirit. You have to watch the word voice because people think audible voice when you say voice. So you could also say the conscience is the expression of the Spirit, an expression of the Spirit. 
Don't try to hear voices in hearing from God. Did you hear me? Technically, the witness is not a voice. If I had to choose a word, I would, I would choose the word knowing. The witness is a knowing. A spiritual sense. Not a feeling. Not a physical or emotional feeling. Now we use the word feeling. And, and sometimes people don't understand, but somebody says, I, I just felt like I should go to church there today. What do you mean you felt like? So many times they're not talking about a physical feeling. They're talking about something they had inside them. And it really was a spiritual sense, not a physical feeling. We're talking about the witness. Now, here he says, my conscience, the expression or voice of my, my spirit, also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. Back up to the second chapter of Romans, please. Romans 8, 16 and, and 9, 1 and now 2, 15. These are three very important scriptures in uh, talking about the witness. Romans 2, 15. Are you there? 2, 15. Well, let me read uh, 13, excuse me. 2, 13. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also, there's the word also, doing what? Bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. This is all something that's going on inside a person. Listen to another translation. It says, since they show the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts now accusing and now defending them. Another translation, I believe it was the ASV, talks about either refuting or confirming. Agreeing with or not agreeing with. And this is something that goes on inside of a person's spirit. Well, the Holy Ghost will either agree with you or not. In prayer. We have to learn that the effective prayer is when the Holy Spirit hooks up with us and anoints us to pray and guides us to pray. You can decide you're going to pray about something and, and get down and try to push it and try to pray about it and just be dead. And the harder you try to pray about it, the more it wears you out. Why? Because it's just you. You're trying to pray it out. You're trying to make it. And sometimes, I've heard Brother Hagin say this in praying. He said he'd say to the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, you're not hooking up with me. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost said, no, and I'm not. Why? Because this particular thing was not going to go that way. Oh, how we ought to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, some people in prayer do things akin to witchcraft. What do you mean? 
trying to manipulate people's wills through prayer. Deciding what somebody ought to do and then getting down trying to pray it off on them. Trying to to coerce them and manipulate their wills. Well, that's not right. I said, that's not right. So many things we don't know. You think you know what they ought to do, but there's so much you don't know. But thank God, you know, the Holy Ghost was Romans say, the, the Spirit helps our infirmities. We don't know what to pray for as we ought, but He does. And thank God for praying in the Spirit. Amen. Pray the word over them. If they're not saved, you know they need to get saved. I mean, there's some basic things. But when it comes to where, who they are to marry and where they are to move and where they are to work and where they are to go to church, you can be very presumptuous by assuming that you know all this. And you can actually miss God by getting down. Well, I, I know they ought to do this. I know they ought to marry. So, so I, do you? God's going to tell you more about what they ought to do than he's telling them. Did you hear me? Beware, friend. People do some stuff in prayer that is akin to witchcraft. And they don't know God well enough to know the Holy Ghost is not hooking up with them. And that's why you see some folk, they're supposed to be so intense in prayer, they get off. And one way you can tell it is by their morbidness and by their deadness. You know, they call it other things, but it's just depression. Well, I stayed up all night praying for them and they're depressed. You didn't work with the Holy Ghost all night and come away depressed. Did you hear me now? He's the spirit of love, joy, peace. Amen. You working with him, you'll be full of love, joy, and peace. But be ready to admit, you may think something, but be ready to admit, Lord, I, I don't know, what is your will? What is your, help me to pray your perfect will for them, and then thank God, pray in other tongues. Amen. So, well, I don't pray that way. Well, hang around here a little while, and you can get in. It's available to everybody. Praise God. He said their, uh, their thoughts accusing or excusing. This is something that goes on inside us. Now go to 1 Corinthians, 2nd chapter. 1 Corinthians 2. Now in, in this passage we just got through reading in Romans 9 and then in Romans 2. Let me explain that a little bit. He talks, he's talking about Jewish people under the law and he's talking about Gentile people that have gotten saved. And you know, they had a big issue about, do the Gentile converts have to keep the law? Read Acts 15. They had a whole conference, whole church meeting over that question. Do the Gentile converts have to keep the law? And the conclusion was no. And he's explaining. He said, now you look at these Gentiles that have gotten saved, never even heard the law. They grew up worshiping Artemis. They grew up worshiping Diana and Baal and every other thing. They never heard the law read. But here they are saved two weeks and they're doing things in their life you can find in the law. Why? They never heard it. Well, it's like the law is written in their hearts. Well, the spirit who was involved in the giving of the law is now in them. Amen. 
And if they're following him, they're going to be led in line with the Bible. The Holy Ghost will always lead you in line with the word. Always. Never is the Spirit of God going to lead you contrary to scriptures. Ever. Never. Never has happened. Never will. If somebody says, well, the Holy Ghost led me to do this, and it's in plain violation of Scripture, then you can know, no, they did not hear from God. Well, I know the Holy Ghost told me. I, I had a person, I had a man tell me one day, he said, well, I had a vision. I saw an angel, and he described it to me. And, and, and this angel told him, I said, well, that can't be, it can't be right. He said, why do you say that? I said, because the Scripture says this. He said, yeah, but I know what I saw. I said, listen, I don't doubt what you saw. Just because you saw an angel doesn't mean it was from God. He said, but I saw it. I said, I'm not, I'm not debating with you whether you saw it or not. I had an experience. Listen, friend. Everything must be judged by the book. I don't care if an angel choir dressed in splendid robes come through the ceiling in your bedroom tomorrow morning before you get up. And sing to you in amazing multiple part harmonies. And you see brilliant lights. And they tell you something that disagrees with this book. You laugh at it. Did you hear me? And do not receive it. I've heard of people say, yeah, but I had a vision and I saw Jesus. He was in a white robe and I saw him and he told me this. But it was contrary to the book. The scripture says that Satan himself... He transforms himself and his messengers into angels of light. Tries to appear like that. He's a deceiver. Oh, but the better you know the book, the harder you are to trick. Amen. By man or spirit. I don't care if it's me. I don't care who it is that gets up and preaches anything. If it sounds contrary to this, you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now the book says this. Right? And if it's just a misunderstanding, then you can see the whole thing. But if they can't show it to you in the scripture, then you ought not believe it. And you certainly ought not base your life on it and live by it. Trust it. Thank God for the book. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God for the more sure word. The holy written word. Thank God. So these Gentiles who were idol worshipers, who did all kind of abominable stuff. Yet they got saved. And the next thing you know, they're not committing adultery anymore. I mean, part of, part of these heathen worship was to go up to the temple and have sex with everybody that came. That's where they grew up. But then they get saved and they think, no, that ain't right. <laughs> but they never heard the law. Maybe they're lying or everybody around is lying and stealing. And, and they start to lie like they always have. And they get a check inside and they go... Are they told a lie and then the conscience hurt them after they did and they thought, hmm, I got to quit that. But they didn't know the law. They didn't know thou shalt not lie. Thank God the one who wrote the book lives inside of you and I and he will lead us. How many of you have walked with the Lord for a little while and you look back and he led you in line with the word and you didn't even know the scripture? Later on, you found out, well, that's a scripture. <laughs> that's happened to me any number of times. The Lord led me a certain way, and uh, later on, I realized, well, that's in the Bible, but I didn't know it at the time. That's why even babies 
can be led and wind up doing the right thing time after time, even though they don't know the Bible very well, if they'll learn to be led by the Holy Ghost. Everybody say spirit-led. Spirit-led. Now look in, in 1 Corinthians 2. Let's talk about identifying the witness a little bit more. 1 Corinthians. You guys act like you'd stay half the day here. <laughs> 1 Corinthians and the second chapter. In 1 Corinthians 2 and... Uh, Verse 9, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, much quoted passage of scripture. A lot of times people don't quote some other things that go with it. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But that's not the end of it. People, people will quote that and just apply it to heaven only. But he didn't just say it's limited to heaven. He said, I hadn't seen, ear hadn't heard, it hadn't entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them. Verse 10, but, but God, what? Has revealed them. Revealed them what? The things that previously I hadn't seen and ear hadn't heard and hadn't entered into the Holy Ghost. God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. Oh, the riches that are in the one who's in us. Oh, the knowledge and the understanding that is in the one that's in us. Now, we don't know everything, and we're not going to be omniscient, but the one who knows everything is in us. And he could reveal a part of anything he knows to us as, as, as he wills and as we'd look to him. All the things we could find out. All the things we could understand. Can you say amen? amen. If we'd learn to look to him more. Rely on him. Realize you cannot come across any problem, any difficulty, any question that he does not already know the answer to and understand all about it. Right? So instead of pulling your hair, instead of pacing the floor, instead of asking 12 people what they think, go straight to the source. Amen. I mean, if you had a real difficulty and, you, and you, you wanted to come to me and say, Brother Keith, you know, I got this big problem. Help me. If I gave you something that was really good, it'd be because I got it from him. I'm not that smart. But if it was something that would get you out of the situation and something that would turn it around for you, it's because I got it from him. Well, you've got the same spirit in you that I have in me. You don't have to go through somebody else. You can go straight to the source. Somebody ought to be a little happier about that than that. I said you can go straight to the capital T. Source. Capital S. You can. You say, well, Holy Ghost, tell me about this. Help me out. I know you understand this. What? Show me. Please. Direct me. Help me. Will he? He's committed to. Jesus told us that's why he sent him. To help us. Teach us. 
revealed to us. And even the things that men have sought for for generations. And eye didn't see and ear hadn't heard and hadn't entered into the heart of man. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. We ought to be getting a little bit stirred up on that. Keep reading. For the Spirit searches how many things? All things, yea, the deep things of God. He knows everything. Said out loud, the one, the one who knows everything, who knows everything lives, in lives in me. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives, in my spirit, lives in my spirit. And he knows, he knows everything. everything. Hallelujah. So even the deep things of God. He knows it all, brother. And he lives in me. Brother, we ought to walk on top. Amen. We ought to overcome. We ought to make the right decision again and again and again and again. Amen. We ought to take the right path. Do the right thing over and over and over again. Why? Because the one who knows the right path is inside us. He's not trying to keep it from us. He's endeavoring to show us. And I'll lift my hand. I think you will too. Say, I'm willing for him to show me. Amen. I am willing and open and looking and desirous for him to show me. Everybody said out loud. I am willing, desirous. Lord, I'm telling you, I'm willing, I desire to know your leading. I'm looking, I will hear, I will see, I will yield, show me, direct me, lead me, and I will follow in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. We're making progress. Yes, we are. Verse 11. I didn't get to point two this morning, so y'all better come back. This is point one. Verse 11. For what man, what's that next word? Knows the things of a man save or except what? The spirit of man. The spirit of man which is in him. Your spirit, your spirit knows things your head doesn't know. Not talking about the Holy Spirit now. Talking about your spirit. You're not a mind and a body. You are a spirit. God is a spirit. Amen. And we're created in his likeness and image. We're not created minds and bodies. No, no. We're created spirit. Angels are spirits. Demons are spirits. God is spirit. We're a spirit. Everybody said out loud, I'm a spirit. spirit. Now we have a mind. We have a will. We have emotions. We live in a body. But you are a spirit. And we, we ought to train our spirit and strengthen our spirit. Just like you can develop your mind and you can develop your body, you can develop your spirit. People who've grown strong in faith, strong in the things of God, keen and strong in being spirit-led, have developed their spirit. But many, many people have developed their mind, developed their body, but don't even know they are spirit. 
much less develop their spirit. But the spirit in the man or the woman knows everything about that man or woman. But keep reading. Even so, the things of God, which is what I really want to know. Right? I say, well, I, my main thing is I want to find out about myself. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. You're talking about getting depressed. It's no wonder folk are goofed up. Too much self-emphasis. I got to, you know, I got to find out about myself. I got to find myself. You got people leave their husband, leave their wife, leave their family, leave their job. Got to go out and find theirself. Pastors leave their churches. Got to go find myself. That's ignorance. I'm serious. It's ignorant. No. What's going to turn your life around? What's going to lift you up higher than anything to find and to know the things of God? Oh, yeah. The things of God bring life, bring joy, bring peace, bring blessing and deliverance and freedom. The things of God. Well, your spirit knows the things about you. Oh, but hallelujah, since you've been born again, another spirit has moved in with you. Amen. The mighty Holy Spirit. And yeah, he knows everything about you, but he knows some other stuff. He knows the things of God. Hallelujah. And he's in you. Keep on reading. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. And we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might what? Do you, we keep hearing this word, don't we? No. 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 Knowing is not reasoning. Knowing is not feeling. Knowing is not logic. Knowing. A sense. A knowing. You can know things in your heart and your head goes, well, why would I think that's so? And your heart, you go, I don't think, I know it. How would you know it though? Nobody told you because the one who knows everything lives inside me. Amen. Hold your place here and go to 1 John. 1 John. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 John. Second chapter. First John 2 and verse 27. First John 2:27, "But the anointing which you have received of him, thank God for the anointing. How many know the manifestation of the anointing is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit? The anointing that you've received of him abides in you inside of you. Oh hallelujah. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Now, couple this with this other that we just got through reading in in 1 Corinthians 2. 
Some people will grab this phrase and say, I don't, say, I don't need, we don't need teachers anymore. We don't need preachers. We don't need pastors. We don't need apostles, prophets, evangelists. We don't need any man to teach us. Well, no, that contradicts other scripture that says Jesus ascended up on high and then he gave gifts to men. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But here is the good news. You are not dependent on somebody else before you can get something out of the word. And if you are being taught this morning or in any other time, it's not man that's really teaching you. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Through ministry gifts, through the Bible, through your own private time, it is the Holy, it's the anointing that's teaching you. Amen. And you're not dependent on me. You know, some, some whole churches, some whole groups, they tell their laity, you can't understand the Bible. Only the clergy can interpret the Bible to you. That's what this is saying. No. 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 You do not have to go to a preacher to tell you what the Bible says. you got the Holy Spirit, the one who wrote this book. The author of the book lives inside of you. And if it's me or somebody else preaching or teaching, if the Holy Ghost is flowing through me, same Holy Ghost is in you, you'll know it. And if it's right, you'll get a witness. And you'll hear it, and your spirit will go, yeah. And the one who's inside you will go, yeah, I wrote that. And you'll go, yeah, that's it. That's right. Got to witness. Amen. And that's one good reason why it's good for all of us to come together. Because we all got the Holy Spirit. He's here. I'm here. You're here. We hear the truth. And I go, yeah. And you go, yeah. And the Holy Ghost goes, yeah. And everybody around you goes, yeah. And we're, we're confirmed. We're strengthened. We go out of here knowing this is fact. We're not guessing about it. We're not, we're going out knowing this is true. Amen. And the truth makes you free. In verse 20, 1 John 2 20, he says, but you have an unction. That's another word for anointing. You have an unction. From the Holy One and you. We've seen that word repeatedly, haven't we? No. 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 I would say it like this. The witness of the Spirit. How do I identify the witness of the Spirit? Look for the knowing. The, the supernatural knowing. Amen. The sense of witness in your spirit you go that seems right to me that that seems good to me and then somebody else on the inside of you joins in and goes yes that's right and you just know it yeah. yes. i said you just know it this is the way yes. you just know it somebody says what if i'm praying and i don't know it then don't move Dr. Kenneth Hagin, our spiritual father, used to say so many times, he said, I go as much by what the Lord doesn't say as by what he does say. What does that mean? I've heard folks say, well, I, I just take that to mean uh, if the Lord didn't say it's okay, I assume it's okay and go ahead. No, 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 no. I must have the witness. You understand what I mean by that? If I don't have a witness, yeah, but it looks good and it feels good and everybody thinks it's okay. Well, I'm. I look for the witness. If I don't have the witness, that's not enough. Well, everybody else thinks it's okay. It seems good. It's fine. We can do it. No. Mm -mm. I got to have the witness. And if I don't have the witness, I'm not ready to move. 
my staff, my wife, everybody tell you, if I don't have the witness, I don't care what kind of pressure, I'll sit down in the middle of the road like an old mule and I'll go, mm-mm, I ain't got it yet. I ain't got the witness. But I tell you what, if you'll be like that, you won't have to backtrack. You won't have to stand. I won't have to stand. If I'll do this and wait till I get to witness, the Holy Ghost is not going to lead us wrong. He's not going to lead us to waste money or waste resources. If I'll wait and do that, I won't have to get up here and say, I'm sorry. I told y'all wrong. We went the wrong way. We wasted that million dollars. I apologize. <laughs> that's because you do things without the witness. Well, that's not just for the church. That's for you. Every day in your life, every day in your business, if you don't have the witness, you wait on the Lord till you get the witness. Amen. And you have an unction of the Holy One. And you know everything that you ought to know. Everybody said out loud, I function by the unction. Stand up and say it out loud again. I function by the unction. If I don't have the unction, I don't do it. If I don't have the witness... I don't go. Go ahead and play some. I must have the witness. Go ahead and lift your hands. Begin to thank God a little bit and a lot for the mighty Holy Spirit who lives inside you. Oh, what a comforter we have. Oh, what a teacher we have. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord. Say it out loud again. I'm spirit led. Every part of my life. I am his sheep. I know his voice. His anointing is in me. And teaches me the unction of the Holy One causes me to know everything I should know. I am spirit led, spirit guided in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.